Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at savemypetidtag.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Our special guest today never got the memo that indoor cats should spend their lives grooming, eating, and catnapping on the couch. Boring. Our cats need and deserve enriched lives. But what do you do when your adventure cat goes missing? Our special guest, a highly respected veterinarian, is ready to share his tale about his cat, Rue. He is the founder of Westtown Veterinary Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Please welcome to our show, my friend and yours, Dr. Ken Lebrecht. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Ken. Thank you, Arden. It's a pleasure to be here. People are looking at you in your office, and if I'm a cat, I'm like, I love this guy. There's cat trees galore. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a cat climbing tree in here. So let's slow back. Healthy Pet Connect, what is that? I broadcast these from Bugs Cat Gym because I don't get them up here away from the clinic. It's the and clinic is down shoulder. below. You yep, got to explain is, who Bug is. She was kind of, well, she's up to with her two pages, like 3,000 Facebook fans. I'm late to the Instagram game, but we're working on it. So but she's been basically all over the world with me. Uh, I decided that I started camping with her, and I, I used to speak for the Purine Institute on weight management and fit pets for rescues. And one time she got invited to Costa Rica. So I said, okay, asked Purine if it was okay, and they said it was. And she and I uh, stayed in a five-star hotel in Barcelona. We went to Portugal. We had sardines this long. She still talks about them. Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, she um, still about it. <laughs> but but here's the crazy thing. I found that off-leash, if I was in a safe area, she would follow me. And I found that out on camping. I did it in the beach in Portugal. I always have a safe bag to carry her in. So Adventure Cats, yes, I would always recommend a harness and a leash. But Bug and I have gone beyond that. Further than that, she's been on paddleboards, sailboats. You know, it's all history. Even though 
cats have collars, their breakaway, because and why is that so important, Dr. Ken? I always, when my cats are outside, a tracker, a GPS tracker, and a near-range tracker. But that tracker, if when we have to use a breakaway collar for to prevent choking, if that collar goes missing with the tracker on it, there goes our trackability. So that makes the microchip absolutely the gold standard. Many people feel a microchip can be GPS tracked. It can't. In fact, GPS trackers are very rough on the batteries. So these these trackers that. are often on a pet and dead. So you can't find them. Or guess what? If they lose the collar, you find the, the collar with the tracker on it and the cat's not with it. It's a real dilemma I'm trying to solve. I'm looking at a couple of harnesses now. But again, cats in Europe, as you know, in the UK, freely roam. In the US, not so much, often for good reasons, wildlife, that sort of thing. The microchip is an ID. And I've been told it's like the size of a a piece of rice, a grain of rice. And what's on that chip? And why should everyone, whether they think their cat is only indoors, have a microchip? The ISO standard is a 15-digit microchip. The key, though, Arden, they're easy to put in. The shelters are really good at it. They can migrate, rarely, but they have to be checked. Every time a pet is at their veterinarian, I highly recommend if it doesn't get automatically scanned, they ask for a scan to make sure it's in the right place. Because if it migrates down to the shoulder and somebody's in a hurry, they could miss it. Okay. And the other, the most important thing is that the information on that chip is current, current phone number, current address. Because otherwise, it might be registered to the chip manufacturer or the veterinary clinic. I don't know if there's any such thing as an anti-migration, but it needs to be placed properly, checked yearly, and then information updated by the pet owner. Those would be the three big things. So, everybody, you planning to move, relocate, make sure on your checklist, it's also updating with the microchip manufacturer your new information for your cat, right? Exactly. And it's so easy to let a a detail like that go. There are annual fees sometimes, but people need to watch those. You don't always have to pay the fee to cap the register. They may charge you a fee, but I'll have to, again, I'm digging into it deep because of personal experience now. Luckily, Rue had one and it was up to date with my information. All right. So we're going to tell the tale of Rue. Now, what kind of markings does Rue have? How old is Rue? How did you get Rue? She's a three-year-old Torby. She's a spunky little girl. She actually came to Buck's Gym with a, with a whole litter of kittens during COVID. I want to say June, July, you know, kitten season. She hung around the clinic. We made her, a, we, the other ones got adopted almost immediately. And so we made her a clinic kitten. And then one day I just decided she, I wanted to try her out and see. She walked right down, you know, went in my house, walked right outside started following me around like a dog. It was quite amazing. So there was this bond with her that I, you know, I I get, I see kittens all day long. I have kittens upstairs. I could adopt or rescue or whatever. This one just captured my heart. As I'm sure your listeners know, it just happens. So we started and I saw her spunk. Yeah. I, she, short for kangaroo, she was jumping around and, but you know, she wasn't like bugs. She wasn't just this really social friendly rub me. She was very aloof. And that kind of fits into our story. But for three years, you know, she lived, I live near a state park and there's a monastery across the road. There's huge open spaces, but she never strayed from my house. I would drive home every night. She would like, like camp out in the woods. I call it Ruse Woods. She would pop out, greet me, and we would go on and do our routine. 
almost to Bug's, you know, Bug kind of got, because she was getting older, Bug got replaced a little bit. It was a little hard, but Rue had such a spirit. So I I had to divide it up, the love between all four of my cats. Hey, if cats have nine lives, Dr. Ken, you have enough of a heart to share with all of them, <laughs> right? Thank so ha- so let's go back to something happened. What's the date? When did Rue go missing? August 3rd. Actually, my girlfriend and I had taken her sailing on Wednesday night. I remember that because in her first sailing experience, she did fantastic. And all of a sudden, Thursday night, she didn't come home and I didn't hear anything about her. And it was probably the toughest period of my life, candidly, as far as the loss. Surprise, she never strayed. The last time I saw her, Arden, she was following a flock of turkeys through my yard and into the woods. It was almost like she looked back like, I'm going to do something different here, but in no way would I ever think that she would run off. So I immediately flyers through the neighborhood. We have a neighborhood email chain. Not people, that's always should be. But I've done that before for, for Bug. In fact, Bug has been gone as many as six days. And I, with a tracker and... The battery died, but I'd have people look for her, and I finally found I do now. I now know where Bug goes. She had a whole other little neighborhood life. Uh, and again, I know this is um, upsetting to some people, but because there's risks out there. But my cats in familiar situations, they're super wood smart and street smart. And again, they have my cats have never had inflammatory bowel disease, very little of these. In fact, I was talking to a veterinarian the other night, and there there are some people who believe that they get less diseases. And they certainly rarely get obese or anything else. But I realize this is a choice that I took. Where you live. You're not living in the streets of New York and saying, go, go get a hot dog, Rue, we'll catch you later. You know, this cat and the neighbors know your pets, and you have sort of a rural area. So we're going to talk more about what happened, how Rue went missing for how many days, and there is a happy ending, everybody. But we're going to take a quick break so you all know the drill. We're going to sit her. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and we've got to give pause and applause to our December digital newsletter monthly winners. The prize? A full year of flea and tick protection from our good friends at Tevra Pet. Our cat winner was Teresa Maurer. Our dog winner was Karen Kachaki. Congratulations from Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And if you want to win our next contest, head over to fourleggedlife.com, fill out the quick form, and get yourself subscribed to our monthly newsletter. We've got winners every month. We'll see you there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, 
It's me, Arden Moore. I'm talking with my good friend, Dr. Ken Lebrecht. So your adventure kitty, Rue, you realize this cat is a special cat and you adopt Rue. And then on August 3rd, Rue goes missing. And I'm just going to pause for a minute because any one of us, and that's happened to us, when our cat darts out a door or goes missing, isn't it like somebody just hits your gut with a cannonball? Yes. So I immediately distribute flyers, email. I, uh, I live on the lake, so I would paddle up and down calling her because a lot of times she'd be down on the bo- near boathouses. I would mountain bike through the woods. I would hike through the woods. The biggest gut punch, as you describe it, was when some one of my neighbors found a dead cat by the side of the road. And everybody thought it was Rue. And so, but I went and I quizzed. There was three children and two adults that had seen and, and a collar was found near the cap. You won't believe this. I did like a lineup. Here's four collars, different colors. One had a tracker, one didn't. Four cats. One was Torby and the other three were dark, stripe, whatever. Four out of the five picked the collar that was Roos. I was sure. And both the collar and the cap disappeared. Nobody knows where they went. And it was so like speculative and tough, right? To not know. But I thought four out of the five did not identify Rue as the cat. So that okay. gave me hope to go to the next level. So then the flyers went everywhere across the busy highway where this cat was found into there was a golf course and a monastery with all these hiking trails. I put web cameras up. And this is where I wanted to mention the community. There is okay. an invisible community of cat rescuers. You can't believe. I, I know they're in every community, but I know them now. And this also this incredible group of neighbors that will put webcams out. So what happened? Long story short, because we've got some other things to talk about. One of this gen, this generous, gentle cat lovers who would have his cat outside on a harness allowed me to put Rue's little short cat tree and a blanket that she loved. And I put it there. So we started seeing cats that were similar to Rue, but they were overweight. My girlfriend and I were camping one night. We drove back two hours to identify a cat that wasn't her. But people started seeing every couple of weeks, people would see a little cat because she's less than seven pounds dart across. And you know, those webcams, Arden, they're not very good. They get you excited, but they don't show the true movement speed. They're with low light. You can't really tell the coloring. And the trail cams are not much better because they're colored during the day, but at night they're just gray. So we, we spent hours watching these videos and none of them were real. And then this Jeff called, he goes, Ken, a little one, that little cat came by and rolled upside down. You know how cats with joy do upside down on the blanket and the cat tree. He goes, I think it's true. I say, you know, but at this point, I've seen so many cats. I was a little bit, you know, uncertain. A week later, she came back and he had put a live trap and let her kind of go after the food and all that. And he called me Saturday morning and he said, I think, I think I found her. He, I, and I, so I drove over there just to kind of humor him because I thought I'd see another cat and she winked at me. And then she went into full. So the other thing about microchips with these typical, I hope nobody has to go through this, but when they're in those, they're so scared. You have to get that scanner within about an inch and I couldn't scan her. And at this point, I wasn't sure it was her. As distinctive as her size, her markies, I just, and so I took her home and then, then she winked at me again and she was under the bed for a solid week. And I just this morning coaxed her out where she would eat with me in the room, but she loves milk. 
And I bought some half and half. And last night she had some whipped cream. So she would dart out. This time she came up and put her paw towards the half and half as I was waiting. What did it feel like when you really realized it is Rue? We went from the gut punch cannibal to what? I've told people it's like, I feel like I won the lottery. It felt like a huge cloud. And I've got so many other things to do that all of my projects, my startup, my clinic, all that, I'm sure suffered. I know I had a shorter temper. I just, I was half at the clinic, felt like half the time I was making new posters and laminating them, you know, just things that I should have been doing other things, but I couldn't. And I couldn't celebrate things the way I usually did. And so honestly, and, and I was honestly scared the first week that I wouldn't see or know the little Rue, whatever happened to spook her. And I really think something scared her or she followed something, something, something. But I was worried that her spirit would have been changed. But this morning I saw the little Rue. She's so curious. She sits up like a groundhog. Maybe a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, like a like a baby kangaroo. So we have a few minutes left. I really want people to know that you are a veterinarian that's all about enrichment and keeping our pets at good health. And and so what is the Healthy Pet Connect? How can people find out more about that, Dr. Ken? You know, in short, we have a spudgy, a 37-pound cat who you saw at the beginning who now weighs 12. He's wow. mine. He's, we have a precision scale and an app that your veterinarian gets a free dashboard and your veterinarian is fully in charge. We're just telemonitoring, but your veterinarian then can see anything at home, body weight, temperature, all kinds of new technology coming. And that way they can help without a veterinary visit. So being cat friendly means this, these cats, many of these cats do not need a trip to the veterinarian. Telehealth is alive and well, and telemonitoring is a strong part of that. We have feeders, microchip feeders that are connected. We have scales that go under the litter box. Ours is a freestanding scale. I was just out in Los Angeles and the innovation, you can't believe the trackers that are coming. So we have, then we got Patches, which is in Richmond, Virginia. He weighed 42 pounds. So he upped Spudge by five. He now weighs 28. He's on, he's on our system, on our platform. And we just out, found out today we're going to be enrolling a 30 pound cat, a Masson cat project. So Dane County Main Society, a Masson enrichment involves, but they need to get to know each other. Spudgy. We're, you know, it, it relates to actually, sorry for that interruption. We hope that we can get Harley is his name into Bugs Gym, but I just, it's going to, it's going to take some, so some cautious introduction. What is that quickly? Cause it's, I know, but I think people need to get a visual. What is Bugs oh, Gym? Bugs Gym. So basically it is our cat enrichment center. That's a climbing wall. Not a lot of cats use it. We obviously have the, the running, the treadmill. This is the original Bugs Mountain. We house cats, condos. We've actually had two kitten Olympics here and we're going to have, we're going to have a third in 2024, right? Awesome. Uh, but really what it is is we have cats night out here every month and we'll do weight management discussions, nutrition discussions. Sometimes we just have a Halloween party. Uh, Bugs holiday party is a week from this Wednesday where we have cats upstairs and dogs downstairs. I don't want people to think I or my any of my companies are cat only. We do lots of dogs and I find many things that are cat friendly are also dog friendly treats. Absolutely. Lots of, you know, know how to interact with them and de-stress them. Adaptal in the rooms, feel away in the rooms. These are things that we really, we, I've learned, I've learned from 
wonderful people like our beloved Dr. Colloran, who passed, all of the great feline practitioners, past presidents I sit on the board with. I just, I soak up their knowledge because there's so many talented people that serve those associations in order to make guidelines for veterinarians. Well, I so appreciate. We're definitely going to have you back on, Dr. Ken. We're speaking with Dr. Ken Lebrecht. He is at the West Town Veterinary Center in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. Check him out on Facebook with his cats, Bug and Rue. And like you said, uh, healthypetconnect.com. So we're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to have our next guest. So sit, purr. We'll be right back. Got dog? Got cat? One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, Wait, what? All classes are veterinary approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Live Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our special guest today is on a dual mission. She is champion adoptions of pit bulls, and she's combating the big C, cancer. And as you are about to discover, she's doing it so with a lot of creativity. Please welcome to our show the founder of HIT Living Foundation, Heather Crow. Welcome to our show, Heather. Hi, Arden. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. This is my favorite part. I'm not saying the words you are. You know, people come up with ideas for to raise money. If you're a nonprofit, you've got to come up with creativity. So I'm going to let you tell the zillions of people tuning in. You've created a 2024 monthly calendar. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead, Heather. Tell us what it's called. Titled Titties for Pities. (laughs) And, you know, I'll let that play on words just kind of go through your mind so you can imagine what that the calendar might feature. Yeah. um, I'm thinking you better keep us all abreast on what's happening. (laughs) So Titties for Pities. I have in the this show has been on the air since 07. I have never said that phrase on a show. So thank you, Heather. So I'm kind of, I made sure I didn't wear a plunging neckline today to host the show. But come on. But seriously, as we said at the top of the show, this is because you have a dual mission. What is your dual mission? Correct. Yes. So we had put this campaign together in the fall of 2022 because we had a litter of nine beautiful pit bull puppies, we were facing, shockingly, a pretty big challenge to get adopted. 
we had four left of the litter. And no matter what we were doing, we were having professional photo shoots. We were having other rescues share. You know, we were reaching out to our celebrity supporters, influence supporters. And we just we couldn't find forever homes for these pit bulls. And October just so happened to be around the corner. And my mom is actually a stage three double mastectomy breast cancer survivor. And so, yes, luckily she is. She's beat it. She's a survivor. She's still around today. Um, What is her name? We need her. She needs to hear her name on the air. My mom, Susie Crow. Go, Susie. So I thought, you know, why don't we couple a campaign to get some visibility on the pit bulls paired with Breast Cancer Awareness Month? And just, you know, the team that I have, they're amazing. They're ready to put their breast photo forward. (laughs) And when I had this idea, and I love a good dog pun, I love a good play on words. And so when the idea, titties for pities popped into mind and I brought it to the team, everyone was on board. Well, good, good. Everyone went braless for you. Bravo, (laughs) braless. (laughs) <laughs> they sure did. Yes. So oh the, my gosh. The campaign started in 2022 and we just shared the images on social media and we donated the remaining four puppies adoptions donations to an organization called the Heirs Foundation. Okay. And the Heirs Foundation is an organization that offers educational resources and grants to women who have had mastectomies who need help with funding for reconstructive surgery. And this organization is very near and dear to my heart because my mom had a double mastectomy. And at the time when she had her mastectomy, there was no organization like the Heiress Foundation for her to talk to. There was no one for her to go to and talk about reconstructive options and if there was funding for anything like this. And now that there is something today it was very important to both my mom and me and everyone else on the team agreed, let's really promote this amazing organization because a lot of women out there who have had mastectomies don't know that the Heirs Foundation exists or even is an option for them. Alliance in Reconstructive Surgery, Heirs. Okay. All right. So I think that's important. I mean, two really important causes you're doing, Heather. I love pities. I say they have meaty cheeks because when they smile, they got the meaty cheeks. And they were meaty dogs, for goodness sakes. And let's talk about the pities first. Yeah. Why are you so in love with pities? So there are, and I'm as you see in a lot of major cities in shelters, pities are predominantly the breed that you will find the most in the shelters. And unfortunately, they have a bad stigma that's attached to their name because that's what a lot is talked about. And just like any other large breed intelligent dog, they need to be placed in the right hands of responsible ownership. And that's for every dog across the board. Right. And so when when, you know, certain negative things happen that's associated with pit bulls, that's what's broadcasted. And unfortunately, it's broadcasted too much. And what's not talked about is how loyal pities are, what great family dogs they are, what yep. wonderful companion dogs they are. There are plenty of service pit bulls out there because yes. of their intelligence. And we see it. We see them far too often in Los Angeles. And we try and help 
a lot of pit bulls, especially the puppies, because they're the underdogs. And that's what our rescue really focuses on, our underdogs, medical cases. And right now what we're seeing a lot in the shelters because of the influx of dogs that are being surrendered to the shelters, the strays on the streets, you know, because the housing market has gone up, the inflation is causing people to have to surrender their animals. And mothers and puppies, and a lot of people don't know this in the shelters, but they're the first to be put on the euthanasia list because the shelters just don't have the resources to care for these puppies if they get sick. And here's the irony, Heather. I mean, we hated COVID, but shelters were almost empty because everybody got a pet. All right. What's been the postscript on that? The postscript, whew, we knew, we knew we were going to feel the effect, the the major blow of ever the shelters emptying out in 2020, and it's been a slow trickle, and now it's hit head on, and shelters are full, rescues are full, the way that we are having to say no to perfectly healthy, family-friendly dogs on a daily basis because families are moving They're moving to new homes, apartments where landlords do not give leases with pets on there. Or what we're seeing a lot of in owner servers is that landlords do allow dogs, but there's a weight limit or there's a breed restriction. And the number one breed restriction on rental properties are pit bulls. Jeez. Okay. Titties for pitties. Yes. I've said it now. I've said it. You said it. How was that set up? And how did you get 12 brave women? Or do you have a dude in there? <laughs> so the the only dude on the in the shoot was our photographer, Morgan. Oh, okay. He's very happy with that assignment, I'm sure. <laughs> he was very happy, but I have to say he was incredibly patient with our team. As much as the the women on the team were very eager to get on board because shockingly enough to me, everyone, pretty much majority of everyone who stepped forward had been affected by breast cancer through their grandmother or their mother or a friend or someone they knew. And it wasn't just, you know, 10, 15 years ago that they knew someone. It was just a few years ago or our executive director, her best friend is currently going through breast cancer and she's in her 30s. Wow. Yes. And so she... So a lot of women were saying, I want to get involved in this. Obviously, of course, everyone on the team is here for the dogs. But a lot of the women wanted to get on board because they wanted to promote the Heirs Foundation. They want to promote, you know, breast cancer awareness because this is this is a subject that means a lot to them. And so it was a little difficult getting 12 of us together for one shoot. So we had to stagger it a little bit. We used some of the photos from 2022. And it was through the support of our community that we had actually had a few people reach out and say, you know, you should really turn this into a fundraising calendar. Well, hey, everyone, we're speaking with Heather Crow. She's with the group Hit Living Foundation. She's got a calendar. You got to get your paws on. For 2024, it's called Titties for Pities Monthly Calendar. We're going to dive in more about that after we take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. You know, people ask all the time, what do you do with the parts of the interviews that you don't have time for on the radio? Well, good question. We post video versions online on our Four-Legged Life YouTube and Rumble channels. So there you go.
Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am speaking with a great crusader. Her name is Heather Crow. She heads up the HIT, H-I-T Living Foundation, hitlivingfoundation.org after the show, dash over there. And she is doing her part with her team. They're a nonprofit to help pit bulls get adopted and also to help combat breast cancer and by making people more aware. And you've got this calendar, so you got one a month. What month are you? I am my birthday month, November. I haven't seen the calendar yet. How are you posed, dressed? I mean, do you have a dog with you? Yeah. So, you know, when you when you talk about the calendar, titties for pities, <laughs> the, the question does come to mind. Uh, you know, is there exposure? And there, unfortunately, for those inquisitive minds, there is not. We are all posing in jeans and topless, but we have a pitbull puppy covering <laughs> a bus. Strategically positioned. They were very strategically positioned. Yes. I hope you trim their nails. <laughs> I can see like, ow. Oh, oh. You know, actually, the puppies were a little more docile, I think, because they wow. just weren't used to being held for so long in front of flashing lights. So they just kind of stared on it. You know, they weren't as lively as we had, you know, hoped they would be for their, their big debut. Right. Well, you know, they're probably like a little bit, really? I can get away with this? Okay. <laughs> so how do people get this calendar? What's the easiest way? Because, you know, January, we got to start the 2024 off on the right paw and get our, our hands on the titties for pities calendar. How do we do that? Absolutely. So actually, this year is our five-year anniversary. Congratulations. And thank you very much. Yes, it's a it's a big milestone for us. And we are celebrating our fifth year anniversary. We've set a goal to raise $55,555, which will help us recoup some funds that we have spent on medical cases and board and train cases this year. Okay, And then also it will give us an opportunity to keep going to shelters and pulling at-risk dogs which we actually thought at by this point in the year, we we thought we were going to need to take a break based on our budget. But we had a pretty successful Giving Tuesday, which we were so grateful about. And that actually allowed us to go to the shelter. And just this past week, our team, our team is really, they're amazing. I have to give a shout out to the team, but we brought on 18 puppies in one week. So they, they definitely have their paws full right now. But- <laughs> We were able to do that based on the Giving Tuesday fund. So we're asking for a $55 donation, a minimum of $55 donation for the calendar. And when you donate, whether it's through PayPal, Zelle, Venmo, or through our website, just leave your address and we'll make sure we get a calendar to you. Well, I did order one, so I'm going to get one to support okay. you all. I can't wait to, to see it. I'm joking now. You, This is your fifth year campaign, right? Yes. Pities for pities. All right. I was just thinking. Here's just an idea for the sixth year. You ready well, for it? Tell me. Oh, I'm so ready. Get some comedians <gasps> and do a, a fundraiser and it could be giddy for pities. Giddy for pities. Oh, Come my on. gosh. Okay. I like where this is going because the team had the idea for next year for our next year's calendar is bellies for bullies. 
All right. Well, we're so just, okay. We've got, we're some, we've got some ideas. We're going you're here. Getting, now, if you ever transition to, oh, cats, you could be <laughs> titties for kitties. <laughs> Those I, mean, I don't know about holding. <laughs> yeah. Make sure their nails have been trimmed. <laughs> I mean, how long did the shoot take for you guys? And, and what's some of your favorite memories of that? Because you're bonding with your teammates on this and you're helping save lives, both for pities and also for people like your mom that yes. got the diagnosis of breast cancer. Absolutely. I think, you know, just to start off, because this was really the most important and memorable moment for me, but I know a lot of the other team members who were there, it was very special being there with my mom, who told me, she later confided in me that, and I know she wouldn't mind me sharing this story, but only three men in her life have seen her topless since her double mastectomy 17 years ago. One was her surgeon who performed her double mastectomy. The second one was the surgeon who performed her reconstructive surgery. And the third man was Morgan, the photographer of the shoot, who was very professional. And she said she he made her feel very comfortable. And so my mom really, she was a little nervous about doing the shoot, especially in front of all the other girls who none of us have ever been affected by breast cancer before. But just after my mom was speaking to the girls, hearing about the other women in their lives who have been affected by breast cancer, it put just, you know, a coat of armor on my mom. And she went there and she owned the shoot. Awesome. What was, month is she? She's May, her birthday okay. month. Okay. All right. And it was Way very to go, fun. Susie. <laughs> yes, really. At one point, her puppy was way down on her on her breast. And Morgan kept telling her, you know, Susie, you've got to lift the dog up. And Susie said, you know, Morgan, I have no feeling in my breast, so you got to help me out here. <laughs> well, you know, they do say something like, you know, lift those pups up. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Yep. Wow. So it was very special. It was a really incredible bonding experience for the team, hearing everybody's stories, how they've been impacted by breast cancer, having my mom there, a survivor, own the shoot. She did great. She was so happy to be a participant of it. And we later heard, you know, someone reached out to us and said they're currently undergoing breast cancer and they had no idea about the Ares Foundation. And they later this year, they or I'm sorry, early next year, they are scheduled for a mastectomy and they will be reaching out to the Ares Foundation to talk about it, uh, see what options are available for them. And so that's, you know, that's really the point about this campaign. It was to get some vil visibility on these puppies, help promote a wonderful organization like the Ares Foundation. And, you know, it's it's certainly been a talking point. <laughs> so how are you getting the word out? Uh, tell us some of the key sites. I guess the L.A. media has been all over it. Yes. Yeah. It's been wonderful. The magazine did a piece on Titties for Pities. We're promoting it through our social media. There's a big account on Instagram called Free the Nipple. And they... <laughs> of course they... there is. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, yes. They were very happy to help promote and advocate for this campaign. <laughs> Yes, it's been it's been great. It's really been great. We've been having the calendar at a lot of our in-person adoption events. And it's just been it's been really well received by the community. People definitely get on board for a very creative way to promote. Well, you know, 
these kinds of calendars have an appeal. I'm thinking about traditionally, there's always been the beefy firefighters that do the calendars, right? And once in a while, there's a firefighter that's a chick. But I mean, move over, firefighters. You got hoses. You got you got titties. (laughs) (laughs) And they're cute. Yeah. We're about to say goodbye because you're awesome, but I know you got to go save some pities and others. That's Again, right. name the websites, how people can get a calendar and where to find it. Absolutely. Hitlivingfoundation.org. And if you go under donate and under fifth year anniversary campaign, please make a $55 plus donation and make sure to leave your address in the notes so we know where to send a calendar. Hey, everybody. We've been speaking with Heather Crow. She's a great gal. She's helping pets. She's honoring her mom, a cancer survivor. And you survived being on the show with me. What do you think, Heather? (laughs) Easy. Easy. I could do this all day with you. That's it for our show today, Pet Pals. I want to give a special pause up to our special guest, Dr. Ken Lebrecht and Heather Crow from HIT Living Foundation. Big thanks to all you great radio stations coast to coast for airing our show and especially to you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Very easy. Arden Moore. Our website, fourleggedlife.com. And as you know, I am America's pet health and safety coach. I teach certified pet first aid and CPR, petfirstaidforyou.com. So until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week. 